Thanks for listening to the Mornings with Carmen LaBerge podcast, made available thanks to support from listeners just like you. Helping you wake up, remembering this is our Father's world. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. Well, good morning again. It's hour two of Mornings with Carmen on this December the 6th, 2022. As people laid their uh, heads down on um, this night in 1941, they didn't know what would come on the morning of December 7th, the day that lives in infamy. Um, And I'm wondering if we lay our heads down at night considering um, all that might happen between that moment and the moment when we arise on the next day. I want to talk here at the opening of um, of this hour about a beloved poet, Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, maybe America's most beloved poet. I want to talk about a poem he wrote called Christmas Bells in night in uh, uh, 1863. I have 1983 written down, which is clearly not correct. Um, and um, 1863, and and the true story behind that Christmas Carol. Um, it's been made into a movie and it's in theaters right now and it's called I Heard the Bells. And I just I just want to pause for a moment and have us consider what was going on in the life of um, Henry Wadsworth Longfellow in 1863 when he penned this carol. And I want us to think about the difficulties of life and the challenges faced um, and the words. I want us to consider the words. So... Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, um, he his first wife, Mary Potter, she died in 1835 following a miscarriage. So he lost his child and he lost his wife. And then his second wife, uh, Frances Appleton, she died in 1861 after sustaining burns when her dress caught fire while she was cooking. Hmm. Um, Longfellow was also burned in that fire. Um, he found it very, very difficult to write poetry afterwards. And yet, two years later, he gives us Christmas bells. I heard the bells on Christmas Day, their old familiar carols play, and wild and sweet the words repeat of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And thought how, as the day had come, the belfries of all Christendom had rolled along the unbroken song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Till ringing, singing on its way, a world revolved from night to day, a voice, a chime, a chant sublime of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Then, from each black accursed mouth, the cannon thundered in the south, and with the sound, the carols drowned of peace on earth, goodwill to men. It was as if an earthquake rent the heartstones of a continent and made forlorn the households born of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And in despair I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Then pealed the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. 
The wrong shall fail, the right prevail, with peace on earth, goodwill to men. In Longfellow's day, it was the Civil War here in the United States of America, but it is the wars that rage around the world yet today. It is the wars that rage in human hearts and in families. Let us hear afresh and anew as the bells peal again loud and deep this Christmas. God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail, with peace on earth, goodwill to men. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. When we we return, uh, Dr. Jeff Barrows will be here with us, and we're going to talk about some of the headlines of the day. I heard the bells on Christmas Day Their old familiar carols play And mild and sweet their songs repeat Of peace on earth, goodwill to men And the bells are ringing Doctor, my eyes have seen the years and the slow parade of fears without crying. Doctor Jeff Barrows is joining us from the Christian Medical and Dental Association. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Carmen. Great to be with you this uh, Advent season, and thank you for that poem from uh, Longfellow. Uh, certainly thought-provoking. Mm. Do you have a favorite Christmas carol? Uh, I really, I, I, I have several. Uh, I, I think uh, "What Child Is This" is one of mm. one of my favorites, um, but several. I just love to listen to uh, the Christmas uh, hymns during this time, and I've been doing so in the last few days. So we need to be remembering uh, and and countering all the cultural uh, things that coming are coming at us that uh, tell us something very different about Christmas rather than the true meaning. Why does it not surprise me that What Child Is This would be your favorite uh, Christmas carol? <laughs> well, <laughs> I guess he's an obstetrician, <laughs> right? Yes. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah, you've met a few. You've met a few. Yeah. Just a few, yes. Um, so talk with us about um, some things that are happening in the culture in relationship to our health. There's a federal court victory regarding uh, transgender mandates. Tell us what's going on there. Well, this is a, a final victory. CMDA has been fighting uh, the Health and Human Services for a number of years. It really began at the end of the Obama administration when HHS, under President Obama, decided to change uh, the three different words in Section 1557, which prior to that time was unknown by most people. But this is the section of the Uh, Affordable Care Act that defines what constitutes discrimination. And what HHS did at that time was change the definition of sex discrimination from its long-standing meaning for decades and centuries to then include gender identity and pregnancy, just adding those few words. And we recognized early on that that could be used against our members uh, and force them into having to engage in uh, providing uh, medications that would help them, quote, change their gender appearance 
or even force a healthcare professional like myself and OBGYN to, to do abortions. And so CMDA filed suit against uh, the HHS along with uh, a Catholic uh, healthcare organization, Franciscan Alliance. And we said that goes against our religious freedom. And we uh, won initially in district court. Uh, it was appealed by uh, HHS into the uh, circuit court. Uh, without going into a lot of detail, the, the most recent news is that we had won a victory in the Fifth Circuit, and they had granted a or upheld a permanent injunction for all our members, both current members and future members, against HHS trying to enforce this new definition. And what happened recently is that the Biden administration, HHS, decided not to appeal the Fifth Circuit decision to the Supreme Court. So that makes it a final decision for our members. And so we're celebrating that. We're very thankful that all our members are protected from direct action by HHS to either force our members to engage in gender transition or to do, do abortion. So very thankful. Now, I, I do want to make clear we want to take care of transgender individuals. We, we're certainly not saying that. We just don't want to be forced into doing something that is against our religious beliefs. Um, first of all, congratulations. And second of all, thank you. Um, and if somebody wants to get in touch with CMDA, um, find out more about this, join CMDA so that you're covered as well, cmda.org. Um, if you go to the press releases, you can find it. It'll also be in my show notes today, um, which you can get at myfaithradio.com or wherever you download uh, Mornings with Carmen podcast. Um, well, let's um, let's take a very brief break. And then when we come back, uh, there's a couple of other headlines I'd love to talk with you about. One of them is about a medication to help teenagers lose weight. And I think at this time of year, um, that's probably a conversation that is taking place in lots of households. So looking forward to that. Also, um, a conversation about a vaccine for RSV. Lots of families dealing with that um, during this season as well. So all of that up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show we do every morning on the Faith Radio Network. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio. I don't want you to miss any of it. So check out the free resources just waiting for you and for you to share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. One of the things I would like for you to consider is becoming a Faith Radio ambassador. We talk about walking our faith out into the world that God, that God so loves and doing so in ways that honor Jesus. Well, that's because we are ambassadors of the kingdom of God. You can become a Faith Radio ambassador today and help us get the word out to others about this and other programs on the Faith Radio Network. Uh, we will supply everything that you need to share with others, and you can sign up to be a Faith Radio ambassador at MyFaithRadio.com. This, this is Christ the King, whom shepherds guard and angels sing. We're continuing our conversation with Jeff Barrows from the Christian Medical and Dental Association. Jeff, um, talk with us about... Um, this medication that is helping teenagers lose weight? Well, this is an important topic, as you mentioned, Carmen, because uh, obesity is, uh, is an epidemic across the United States. It's increasing, and it's one of the few things that uh, if you really look at body mass index and relate it to mortality, there's a direct 
linear correlation. In other words, as someone's body weight goes up, their chance of dying also goes up. So especially when we start talking about teenagers and, uh, and getting that extra weight on early in their life and having difficulty taking it off later, it has uh, really a profound implication. So there was a study recently of a drug that has been proven successful. It's Wegovy. Is It's used in adults now. It's a drug that's only available by injection. But a recent study was used, looked at how does it work? Is it safe in teenagers, uh, 13 to 18 years old? And what they did is they, they did the right kind of study. They took uh, a group of over several hundred teenagers, and they divided one uh, one part into getting the drug. The other group did not. They got a uh, an injection of saline once a week. They followed them for over a year, and what they found was that those teenagers who got the active drug lost, on average, at least sixteen percent of their body mass index in that year year plus period of time. Whereas those who didn't get the drug and was were just talked about with, with diet and that type of thing, lost less than 1%. So the drug was found to be not only uh, safe, but very effective in helping uh, teenagers to lose weight. So it has not yet been approved by the FDA for this age group, but it looks like the drug manufacturer is looking to get that approval in the near future. So a very important help for those, those teenagers struggling with their weight. All right, and then remind us on uh, what's going on with RSV, and there is some news about an RSV vaccine. Yeah, you know, I think your listeners may be wondering, we, we, we're hearing about these increasing infections uh, across the country, and especially early in the, in the season, and we hear about other uh, viral infections that have vaccines. Why doesn't RSV have a vaccine? It, it actually goes back to the 1960s when an early vaccine was developed by a a drug manufacturer, and unfortunately, they used a process to inactivate the virus and then and injected that inactivated virus into uh, patients. And what happened was is that those, those patients who had received the vaccine actually had a worse infection of RSV mm. than those that didn't. So that put uh, the RSV vaccine on a back burner for, for decades because they couldn't figure out why that happened. And it was only in the last 10 years or so that they had figured out that that inactivation process had altered a specific protein on the surface of the virus, a critical protein that is involved in our immune response. And so uh, Pfizer has now corrected that problem. They have developed uh, a vaccine that includes two types of proteins, and they gave it to uh, a series of pregnant women. Um, because the, the RSV virus is, is very dangerous in newborns and in those that are elderly. And so they wanted this uh, vaccine to have the pregnant women create antibodies in their bloodstream, pass them on to the babies uh, as they were born. And they found that it had a high efficacy. It was about 82% effective in preventing severe infection up to the first three years, uh, three months of life. And then uh, almost 70% effective for the first six months. So a big step forward for protecting uh, newborns against RSV. This also has not been approved by the FDA, but hopefully will be soon. All right. I was hearing yesterday that um, that 
parents are also dealing with uh, rates of infection related to things like strep because their kids weren't um, exposed, you know, during COVID to pretty much anything. And so now um, they don't, you know, they didn't get an opportunity to develop immunities to lots of things. So lots of things to be on the lookout for, not just flu, not just COVID, not just RSV, but strep mm-hmm. and other things as well. So I just want to encourage folks, um, you know, be uh, be on the lookout for um, even the early signs that you or your kids might be sick because you're going to not only, you know, do better by staying at home and getting lots of fluids and rest, but uh, protecting mm-hmm. others as well. Talk with us about um, this, this really... Uh, interesting development related to early detection of Alzheimer's disease. I have to tell you that um, using urine to uh, to detect something seems like a really good and totally non-invasive way of doing something, so I am all for it. You're exactly right, and that's been one of the problems with Alzheimer's disease is finding an easy way, relatively easy way, to make an early diagnosis. And uh, the most recent report from the Alzheimer's Association estimates that about six and a half million people are going to be diagnosed each year with, with Alzheimer's. And so it's an important problem. You want to make an early diagnosis so that you can begin early intervention uh, in slowing down the disease. But up until now, the only way to really make a diagnosis is to have the patient undergo a very specialized uh, computer uh, CAT scan called a PET scan that has certain proteins injected, and it's expensive, uh, it's somewhat invasive, or even more invasive to have the patient undergo a spinal tap and look for certain proteins in the spinal fluid. So neither of those really work well for general screening for Alzheimer's disease. And one of the things we know about Alzheimer's is it involves an abnormal metabolism of formaldehyde. And so these researchers have found that looking for a metabolite of formaldehyde, formic acid, uh, they were successful in seeing elevated levels in even in early stages of Alzheimer's. So uh, there's still some work that needs to be done on this, but it's very promising that uh, with a simple urine test, looking at the levels of formic acid, that maybe we can begin uh, picking up these patients that are going to end up developing Alzheimer's disease early on so that we can do some early interventions and, and, and try and help them slow down the disease progress. When you say early intervention, um, how early are we talking? Because I, I will tell you that there's this conversation out there that says, you know, how early do I really want to know? Yeah, it, it takes several years to really get into the full-blown um, Alzheimer's disease. And so, you know, at that stage that a lot of people are getting a little bit on in age and they're having difficulty remembering things and maybe not communicating quite the same. And and so uh, relatives may be wondering, is this just a normal aging process or is this something more? That would be a great time to institute a screening test like this. And then uh, if in fact it shows that there are some, some elevated, for instance, formic acid levels, then you could do the more in-depth testing. And if, in fact, that happens, there are drugs now that have been approved for early treatment of Alzheimer's as well as uh, things to do to exercises to help increase memory uh, and, and, and decrease memory loss. I hope that reading a thousand headlines every day and having conversations like this is one of those. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I hope that the basic brain stimulation and getting getting up early uh, it, it, it lends uh, lends itself to um, to 
staving off the effects of all kinds of um, detil- uh, the way that our brains deteriorate over time. And I want to stay engaged and I want to stay um, active and vibrant. Alzheimer's is a reality in the gene pool of my family. Um, and so, like, I'm one of those people when when I say, how early do I want to know? Like, that's a real question in my family. Like, how early mm-hmm. do we want to know? Um, because we have certainly seen the effects of it um, over time. So thank you so much, as always, Jeff, for joining us. I love what you're doing at CMDA. I want to encourage folks to visit cmda.org. If you are any way related to the medical or dental professions, this is your group. This is the this is where you can not only find great information and resources, but fellowship and equipping as well. Um, Jeff, uh, Merry Christmas. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Carmen, and have a wonderful Christmas yourself. You too. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. Let's take a break for Breakpoint. I'm Carmen LeBurge. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen here on Faith Radio. I'm wondering, I'm wondering if you remember being pregnant with promise during a particular advent. Like, do you remember the Christmas before your child was born? Because that's the, that's like the pregnant with promise Christmas. That's the full of expectant hope. That's the get the nursery ready. That's the anticipate um, the life ahead. You know, you guys know that three of our uh, three of our kids are building houses down the street from us, and those um, those houses are now at the stage where you know you can write stuff um, on the door frames, you can write stuff on on the um, on the foundation before it's all covered up with you know those finishes. And um, Beth, who's one of my sweet daughters in law, you know, she was just talking about just the experience of writing blessings to the children who are going to live in those bedrooms. You know, those are those are the promises that God has, right? And there's this expectant hope of the children God's going to send into our lives. Um, not all of those expectations are realized, and I know that, and I know that that makes Advent really hard for some. But there's another thing that makes Advent difficult as well, and that is that as our children grow up, they live into um, their own ideas, and some of them walk in their own way and away from the Lord and away from us. And so this Advent um, might be one of those Advents for you, where you are dealing with um, the reality of, uh, of an adult child who has walked away from you and walked away from the faith, maybe walked away from both. We're going to talk with Mary DeMuth about that. The book is Love, Pray, Listen, Parenting Your Wayward Adult Kids with Joy. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBerge. This is Faith Radio. Angels watching all around you all through the night. I don't mind telling you that Mary DeMuth is a person who I just personally love and adore. Um, she is a speaker, a podcaster, um, an author of more than 40 books, fiction and nonfiction. She shepherds other authors. Um, She is a sister in Christ, and she is precious to me. The book is Love, Pray, Listen, 
parenting your wayward adult kids with joy. Mary, welcome back to Mornings with Carmen. So great to be here, Carmen, and I delight in you as well. You are an amazing human being. Well, you're so kind. Um, This is a this is a great book. I don't just don't mind saying that. Um, This is such (laughs) a this is such a great rhythm. Love, pray, listen. It sounds super easy. We're going to talk about how to actually develop it as a rhythm in our lives. But I think it would help. um, It would help each of us to understand a little bit of your story and the credibility that you have um, uh, to speak into our lives in this way. Yeah. So um, a couple of years ago, I was in a prayer loop and there was a lady on there who um, her uh, joy and emotions rose and fell on the antics of her adult kids. And this was before my kids were adult kids. And I I watched it and I, I thought to myself, I don't want that to be my story. But then my adult kids started becoming adults and making their own decisions. And I could uh, have so much more empathy for her because it is not easy. It's a whole different phase of parenting. And so I have definitely walked through different phases and, and, uh, parts of parenting adult kids. And I realized, you know, there is so much joy to be found in this part of life and we can weather it. Um, through the power of knowing what the Word of God says. We um, we all know that woman, like, because we have all been in, mm-hmm. um, you know, right? We've been in a, a community group, or we've been the neighbor of, or the sister of, or we've been in fellowship with uh, a woman who has what we'll just describe here as a wayward child, um, a wayward adult child. And depending on our age and stage of life, like some of us have walked through seasons of this as well. Um, just frame for those who maybe are not familiar with what it's like to be the parent of a wayward adult child. Could you just describe what that looks like? Sure. There's a lot of different facets to it. And as I um, wrote the book, I had lots of different stories that I added from parents around the world, actually. And it can look like a child who has deconstructed their faith. It could look like a child who um, differs politically from you and it that for whatever reason that really bothers you. Um, it can look like someone making uh, destructive choices like uh, anorexia or um, drug abuse or uh, prescription drug abuse. It can look like all sorts of things that uh, when your child is straying away from what your family holds dear. Yeah, that's um, that's really helpful because it it's not monolithic, but the experience of it can can be addressed in um, in this rhythm of love, pray, listen, no matter the particular details or circumstances, um, you know, if your child has deconstructed their faith or walked away from the way you think about things or, I don't know, they got pierced while they were at their first semester of college, like whatever, right? They did something. Mm-hmm. They did something that you're just like, I don't like that. That's not the way I would have done it or it's not the way I would prefer that you do it. Talk with us about this rhythm, love, pray, listen. You draw it out of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 to 7. I love that. I love that you frame it that way. Talk with us about this three-part rhythm. Yeah. So as I was thinking about the book um, and praying, you know, as I, before I was writing it, I thought, what are the what are the three major buckets that we fail at or that we um, we would have more joy if we succeeded at. And as I teased that out, I, I felt like 
looking back at my own, in my own twenties, what would I have liked? You know, I would have loved to be loved. I would have loved to be prayed for. I would have loved to be listened to. And I think um, all of them kind of interact with one another because to love someone is to listen to them, to love someone is to pray for them, to listen to someone demonstrates your love, to pray demonstrates your love, but it also um, enables you and empowers you to listen better. And so they all have this like beautiful symbiosis. But you're right, I did, you know, take it, I exegeted uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and really tried to figure out what does love mean? And how can we truly place ourselves in that situation where we are loving our kids? And that, I think, is the unpacking of the book. Yeah, so good. We're talking with Mary DeMuth. You can find her directly at marydemuth.com. And yes, for those of you asking, we are giving away copies today of Love, Pray, Listen, Parenting Your Wayward Adult Kids with Joy. You can text the word book to 877 877- Nine three three two four eight four. I uh, I love where you talk about um, just how we start to listen to our children better. I think this is hard because we've you know we have been the people to whom they were supposed to listen. <laughs> I mean, we're the parent, but there is a a time that arrives. I don't know. I mean, you should always be listening to your kids at some level, but there's a time that arrives where it's really, really important to stop talking and listen more. Um, Can you talk about age and stage a little bit and then how we start listening if we have been a person who has not really done that along the way? Yeah. So um, parents are constantly working themselves out of a job. And so, of course, you have high control when you have a toddler running into the street. You run into the street and say, don't do that again because you'll get killed. Um, High control. But as they get older in the elementary and junior high and then high school years, you're relinquishing that control. And so your listening is is getting greater and greater. And so your listening muscles should be pretty well developed by the time they're 18. And and when they turn 18, which is what at least in the US is, you know, moniker of what an adult is, uh, that's where the listening really needs to happen because your role has significantly changed from director or you know, um, guider and, you know, parent uh, to more of a coach mentor kind of thing. And so part of the one easy way to become a better listener is just to simply wait for them to ask for advice. Now that is excruciating and we have so many things to say, Um, but if we can just wait for them to ask for that, um, that will empower us to listen more um, I don't know if that answers your question, but I know that there is that big change that happens right around 18. So in my family, it was the um, speak, uh, speak or be spoken to. And I just, I remember like distinctly there, you know, as a child, like, right, you're, you're mostly spoken to. Um, mm-hmm. And then when you become an adult, you really are invited to speak, speak your mind, speak into the situation. Um, and you don't have to wait to be spoken to. It's an interesting transition that takes place. And I think that there are a lot of parents who don't recognize that transition has happened, whether you know it or not. Like, exactly. Like, whether you know it or not, that transition has taken place in the heart and mind and life of your adult child. Um, Mary, um, I want to unpack more of this. There's so many parents who feel compelled to 
respond in particular ways when their child moves away from them, their ideals or their um, uh, their faith, their politics, whatever the waywardness looks like in a particular family. There's so many temptations related to that. When we come back, can you speak to that topic of um, when parents feel compelled to change their theology or their worldview to match up with their kids so they can stay friends with their kid, even though their kid has wandered off from things that are true. Can you speak to that? Yes. And we will definitely, um, you're saying that we'll do this after the break, right? Cause that's yeah. a long answer. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to come back. Cause I know there's a lot of you <laughs> listening right now that that's what you're dealing with. Um, you have the temptation to abandon the truth that you know, um, in order to remain friends with your child whose decisions are not aligned with the things of the faith. And we're going we're gonna to talk about that. We're going to talk about how parents can stay true to their convictions while loving their adult children. We're talking with Mary DeMuth. The book is Love, Pray, Listen. We are giving away copies today. You can text the word book to 877-933-2484. Hey, did you hear the news recently? There are now 8 billion people in the world. My name's Carmen LaBerge. I am one of them, and so are you. So let's all praise the Lord. Here at Faith Radio, we are telling the whole world about Jesus and helping believers live out their faith every day. If you'd like to help us do that, you're still needed. Your financial support changes lives. You can make a difference with your gift right now at MyFaithRadio.com. Help us reach the world for Jesus Christ. No more lives torn apart wars would never stop And time would heal We live in a culture where... Uh, uh, radically growing percentage of young people do not believe um, the things that their parents believe, which means there's a lot of us who have adult children who do not believe um, what we believe. So Mary DeMuth is here. We're talking about her book, Love, Pray, Listen, Parenting Your Wayward Adult Kids with Joy. The other way you might think about this is um, this is wisdom and hope for parents of grownups who, um, you know, have departed from the things that, that we thought we taught them along the way. Um, Mary, speak to the parent who's listening right now who is so tempted, so tempted to uh, change their theology or um, abandon their Christian convictions in order to remain, quote unquote, friends with their child. I think there's a fundamental misunderstanding of what love is. Our culture says that love is accepting everything the other person does and approving it and applauding it. That is not love. Um, and so I think if we can just get that uh, definition under control. Um, in the book, I talk about a couple whose uh, child came out of the closet and um, they were very, the couple was very tempted um, to change what they had traditionally thought of um, in terms of marriage. And uh, a lot of their friends did that, just that. And they took a different route. They held true to what they felt um, was the biblical way of looking at things that way. And they did have a conversation with their adult child, but it was only one conversation because they knew their adult child already knew what they thought about it, but they had the one conversation and then they erred on the side of love. So they continued to try to stay in relationship and forge that scary middle path. The conclusion of that, and this isn't, this doesn't always happen. So there's not always a happy ending to that story, but in their case, it was. 
Um, their child now has a relationship with them. They, the child knows that they don't agree with their lifestyle, but they still have relationship. But we've been told that if you hold true to your convictions, it means you hate your adult child. Um, I think you can do both. You can hold your convictions and still love them. Yeah, and I think that, um, I, first of all, I wholeheartedly agree, and I affirm that approach. Um, I also think that, you know, what it looks like to love a particular child um, and to love in that particular situation looks different depending mm-hmm. on um, the community that you're a part of and and your own um, constellation of relationships as well. Talk, talk about the importance of community um, and the support that Christian parents need to need to have um, moms for moms and dads for dads and all of that. I'm, I'm just thinking about parents I know who have young adult children um, who they're kind of suffering in silence and alone. Mm-hmm. And if they would just if they would just say so, I mean, we all know what's going on. It's not like we're living in the darkness. Um, can you just talk about that vulnerability and community as a part of this conversation? I just want to dignify that there's a lot of shame that's involved in this. And Mm. I think a lot of parents bought into the lie that if, you know, we read all the parenting books and they basically said, if you do all these things, then um, when you, you know, when your child comes out on the other end of your parenting machine, then they're going to be perfect little (laughs) stereotypes of what you wanted them to be. And so when they're not, and so we tend to look at ourselves as, oh, I did something wrong. And so there's shame involved. So when Love, Pray, Listen came out, an acquaintance of mine texted me and saw that I'd written that book. And and she said, oh, I really need that book. And I literally had no idea she had wayward adult kids. And um, so it opened up a conversation. And I think that's what really helps parents is to just be brave enough to share with a good friend, a safe friend that you're struggling. You're probably going to find that they're struggling too. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. I mean, I I think across my relationships and there's not it. I mean, I know this is going to come as a shock to everyone, but I was not a perfect child. And I'm sure (laughs) my mom could have used some support along the way. Um, Right. Um, We have a wonderful relationship now. And I think that's the next book I want you to write, by the way. Um, And if it's not already in the works, um, you know, love, pray, listen. uh, And then it's like, I don't know, how do I be the child to a parent who doesn't believe (laughs) like what do you do what do you do when the waywardness is you know sort of generationally in the other direction um Mm -hmm. we're talking with mary demuth the website is marydemuth.com the book we're discussing today because there's like 40 we could be talking about but the book we're talking about today love Mm -hmm. pray listen parenting your wayward adult kids with joy um, Mary, as we conclude our conversation today, maybe just a word of encouragement um, to share with parents this Christmas season. Maybe they've got kids returning home from college. Maybe they're going to be engaging with, you know, kids who are in relationships with people that, you know, those just they love those people, but they are it's not a relationship that they necessarily approve of. Um, a word of encouragement to all of us this Christmas season. You're not alone. This is normal and err on the side of asking a lot of questions and being curious. And then, of course, hit your knees in your prayer closet and pray. I have a free 52-week prayer um, thing that you can get on marydemuth.com slash LPL, which stands for Love, Pray, Listen. And uh, there are blanks in those prayers every week. You can pray them for your kids. Um, And you don't have to have adult kids for that. But err on the side of listening and prayer. And then also remember this. 
you were in your 20s once too, and you probably now don't approve of what you did in your 20s. And so if you can think um, of that and have grace-filled eyes, I think your interactions will be a little more tender. All right, I'm going to drop that um, link that Mary just mentioned, which is marydemuth.com backslash LPL for love, pray, listen. I'm going to drop it in the show notes today for those of you who get those. Um, at MyFaithRadio.com or when you download the podcast of today's episode as well. So it'll be in there for you. Um, Mary, um, first of all, thank you. Uh, Merry Christmas. And um, your podcast is also something that I just want people to know about. Tell us about um, Pray Every Day. Yeah, so I um, on PrayEveryDay.show, I pray for you every single day according to Scripture. So month of December, we're going through Advent Scriptures, and then we're going to continue our adventure through First Samuel. So I read about a chapter a day, and then I pray for you according to it. It's only five minutes. I love that. I love that. There's a reason 3 million and plus people have downloaded that. So thank mm-hmm. you um, so very much. You guys can find Mary DeMuth at marydemuth.com. The book is Love, Pray, Listen. We are giving away copies today. You can text the word book to 877-933-2484. Merry Christmas, my sweet friend. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. This is Faith Radio. I want to read a couple of quotes here from Mary's book as our walk-off today. We wait for our adult kids. We love them from a distance. We pray for their needs. We long for a restoration of relationship. And we rely on the Father who understands. After all, we also were once wayward prodigals. And then she says, there are no guarantees that our kids will be all that we hoped that they would be. But we do serve a God who loves them to the end and stands ready to forgive and welcome them. And there's peace in that knowledge. I want to encourage you to um, avail yourself of the peace which passes all understanding. His name is Jesus. He comes as God's good gift. We celebrate it in this season of Advent that culminates in Christmas. Peace is the word we're focused on this week in our Reading Through the Bible Together Advent series. If you're not participating in that, you can still do so at MyFaithRadio.com. And I just want to um, I want to leave you with peace today. I also want to encourage you to join us in giving hope for Christmas. So here at Faith Radio, we're going to give a $500 Visa gift card to a family um, in need because we recognize that there are folks walking in particular uh, stretches of challenge on the road of life. You know who they are. Um, You're walking with them on that journey. And as you walk with them, we're going to encourage you to um, pray about how God would use you as the hands and feet of Jesus in the lives of those in need, Um, and also to share with us those stories. Let Faith Radio know of the need that we might be a blessing um, to to one family this Christmas. So go to MyFaithRadio.com and share the story with us at Give Hope for Christmas. You'll find it Uh, It's really easy to find. It's at the top of our website right now, MyFaithRadio.com. Thank you so much for spending this time with me and allowing me to spend this time with you. I have loved it. Love to get your feedback. You can always email me, Carmen, at MyFaithRadio.com. 
Uh, each day during Advent, I'm posting a holiday hint on Facebook at Mornings with Carmen. And so join me there as well. And yes, I will uh, bring you some pictures at some point of the uh, blessings on the door frames of the new houses. That'll be fun. Thank you for that encouragement on the text line today as well. Hey, have a great day and God bless. Thanks for listening to Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. Podcasts like this are available because of your support. If it's important to you to hear things that encourage your faith, click the link in the show notes to give now. And thanks.